We Infuse Podcast, episode number 32. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast. My name is Dylan McCabe, and in every episode, we give you a seat at the table as we interview owners and key industry leaders in the infusion space so that you can take your own practice to the next level. And I'm excited about this interview because it's with Amanda Brummett from the Brummett Group. She helps healthcare organizations and infusion centers develop the right business development and branding strategy so that they stand out in a crowded marketplace. You're going to get a lot out of this interview, including strategies with Facebook, different strategies with LinkedIn, just making sure you're dialed into the right audience with each one, the types of things you can do to manage a good reputation online and even uh, manage negative feedback, really just how to create a great customer experience and make sure that you are connecting with people the right way so that they come to you versus their competition. Before we do that, I want to make a shameless plug to We Infuse Software. If you have not done so yet, schedule a time to talk with one of our account executives about how We Infuse can save you time and money. You owe it to yourself to at least see a demo of the software. That way you can check the box and say, well, I've seen it. Now I can make a decision whether I'd like to buy or not. But I guarantee you will be blown away. There is nothing like the WeInfuse software system out there, and it truly will save you time and money by streamlining multiple steps in a process and making it easier for everyone involved to carry out their work on a daily basis. All right, guys, let's jump into this interview with Amanda Brummett. All right, as I stated, we have a special guest on the show today, Amanda Brummett with the Brummett Group. So Amanda, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for letting me be on the show. Yeah, this is going to be good because we really haven't had anybody dive deep on branding and business development and social media and just really executing a more sophisticated strategy with that. And you and I both know that that can be the difference maker and help you stand out in a crowded marketplace. So before we jump into all of that, just for our listeners, just kind of share a little bit of your background story and your your role in the industry. Sure. So a bachelor's degree in business, master's degree in healthcare administration. I um, grew up in the hospital executive world with HCA, then went into practice management and started my own consulting company 13 years ago. Um, I work across all anything within the healthcare space, across multiple specialties, and most recently have helped a couple of Um, infusion clients with both um, setting up home infusions, uh, some of the marketing and business development on that, and then um, an infusion center developing their branding and uh, marketing materials and just really making a cohesive brand that they can um, hand off to their sales team. That's great. And so tell us a little bit about the Brummett Group. What's the Brummett Group about? What's What's your main focus and stuff like that? Sure. At our core, it's strategy. And uh, within that strategy, there's a lot of operations, a lot of marketing, a lot of development. So it can be anything simple from I need a logo to really intense, like we're about to open up a new center and we need a full-blown plan for making sure that we can get it up and running and busy quickly. Oh, that's great. And that's something that a lot of people, when they're doing research, especially opening an infusion center, starting from the ground up, after they get past what what's my target market, my target audience, is this a good place, you know, geographically speaking, and that's where they really start scratching their head is, okay, what's our kind of our go-to-market strategy now that we know we're going to build this thing out? And um, after they think through making strategic relationships with providers, it's like, well, how do we let patients know we're here? 
So that's what we're going to get into. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, business development branding. What are some of the keys to branding success for infusion centers that you see need to be implemented? You mean somebody in your situation, you can quickly see on the outside looking in where there's big gaps or there's big weaknesses. So what are some of the things you see as keys to branding success? Sure. Well, for an infusion center, you have a few different customer sets. You've got the physicians, you've got patients, you've got people in between hospitals. So I think it's really important that they have a really broad online footprint and it needs to all be consistent. And that needs to be across LinkedIn and Google My Business for more of your business customers. But then they also need to be on the softer side with Facebook, Yelp, places like that. They need to really have a consistent story about what their center is, why they're unique, why patients and physicians should choose them. And then that story needs to be told on those various uh, platforms, each one tailored to the audience. So for LinkedIn, they need to have a great LinkedIn company page with lots of information that rheumatologists and gastroenterologists and oncologists would go and look at and things that would be of interest to them on Facebook, they can make that more direct to consumer, more about um, some of the different products that they provide, different ways that they improve that patient experience. Um, And then they should pick one platform. I like Instagram for this to have sort of a behind the scenes of who our center is. And that's where you talk about your employees, talk about your customers and really let people sort of see behind the veil of the center. And at the end of the day, all of those platforms, they need to be consistent They need to have your hours. They need to have your right address. They need to have all the correct information so that when people are looking for you, they can find you. And most importantly, so when a patient gets in their car and is getting ready to come to your center for the first time, whether they go to Google Maps or Waze or MapQuest, they find you and they find you the first time. That's good. Yeah, you make it easy, right? And and so let's break those apart. Let's, Let's talk about those two different groups. I see something a lot on LinkedIn and I just kind of shake my head with a background in online marketing and stuff like that because I see a lot of posts by infusion centers on LinkedIn and it's targeting the patient, you know, like come sit in our comfy chair and get your privacy and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, man, a lot of your patients aren't even on LinkedIn. You right. know? So what what would you do if if you had a customer that was doing a lot of that? What would be the advice you would give to them? Well, so I would flip some of that direct-to-consumer stuff to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, something like that. Um, And I would also think about looking through the lens of the customer. Cushy chairs are great, but patients um, want to hear about it from their perspective. So I'm thinking about what what's going to make it best for them, what's going to make easiest for their life, why they would choose you, but from their perspective, not yours. Specifically on LinkedIn, It's definitely a business crowd on there. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of practice administrators, office managers, discharge planners, um, hospital C-suite, some physicians too. So on LinkedIn, I personally would talk about what my physician clients want to hear. Um, Do you have patients not tolerating X drug? Well, we might be able to help with that. Do you want to consider XYZ treatment? I would also really strongly encourage on LinkedIn that it not be self-promoting, but they do a lot of education. So, um, you know, is there internally, you know, they run across a cool article about some new drug that can help with some disease in an infusion center, post the article and talk about it, talk about why it works, 
talk about why it doesn't work. That gets just as much traffic. And really, really think about what their customers want to hear, what their customers care about, the things that make their customers' job hard, and talk about that rather than about themselves. Because everybody's got comfy chairs. That's so good. And I, and I love the, the fact that it's really your approach is more educational so that you're equipping people and you're helping them because a lot of people don't have time to sift through all these articles or they're, they're busy doing what they're doing day, day in and day out. But if you come from the standpoint of I'm an industry expert and I have this stuff to help you make your life easier, it makes it a lot easier to segue into a more of a sales conversation or a strategic relationship conversation. So I like that. That's great. Absolutely. And you actually pegged it with industry expert. You want to use both your company page and your personal LinkedIn page as a place to position yourself as an industry expert. So people think I'm going to go to them when I need something. And so good. Well, what's something, so that's something to do on LinkedIn, make it more about your potent, your, your client, you know, your, your target customer in mind, make it more educational, less about you, less self-promotion. What about Facebook? Like what are, what are just some good tips on maybe Facebook and Instagram to really target that customer? Sure. So you want to think about what is your customer looking up? What is your customer Googling? What is your customer out looking for on Facebook? And it's usually it's solutions. So, you know, they, they have a pain point and they're on there searching for it. So I would talk about disease processes, treatments, um, but talk about them from the patient's view. And if particularly in a competitive market, I would also talk about infusion centers um, and what the good and the bad is in them. Um, use your competitors' weaknesses as your strengths. So if if there's a long wait, you know that at your competitors. Don't talk about wait time, but say, you know, are, are you trying to get in and out for your infusions on your lunch break? You know, do you need a, a more efficient setup? We can help with that. Or um, if it's if it's billing, if you know they've got all kinds of billing problems, then talk about on Facebook that managing a chronic condition is hard enough. You shouldn't have to to be stressed with the the logistics and the billing of it. And then talk about a solution for that. Um, so really thinking about what they're looking for and not just simply what you're selling. So if I hear you correctly, it sounds like you're saying you know find out what your key differentiators are. And then turn that into more of a story like, you know, here's here's who we are and here. Do you struggle with this? Here's how we help instead of instead of uh, obviously you don't want to talk negatively about your competitors. But um, I like that because you're you're really dialed in at that point to finding out what your customer struggles with. Absolutely. And if you happen to have a happy customer that you've already solved that problem for, it's also a great opportunity to do a testimonial with that patient, of course, with a you know HIPAA release done and let them tell the story of how your infusion center made their life better. Yeah, that's good. So so let's talk about that. If you you're you're trying to ramp up your social media, you do have that happy customer experience, you want to turn that into something you can put on your website. What are some ways that you've seen that make that easy? Because sometimes that can kind of fall flat. You, you ask the person for a testimonial, they don't get around to it. How do you remind them? How do you follow up? How do you get it on video? Just what are some kind of keys to making that process easier? 
Sure. There's there's several different ways. And and the gold standard is you go hire a company that that's what they're an expert at. Um, there's lots and lots and lots of reputation management companies out there right now that can help you get reviews. And so that is absolutely an option. Um, if you want to do it in-house, it's very doable as well. I um, First, I like to pull from anything we already have going. If you already have like a net promoter survey going out, or if you already have a press gainy survey going out, include some kind of release in there and pull from that if you already have it and push that out on social. Um, always a good option. Um, short of that, I, I really like to empower the staff that when they have a patient that comes in and says, oh, you know, Sally, I had such a good experience with X, Y, and Z the other day, and I just really appreciate you. I think it's a good opportunity to gently ask for that review and say, you know what, Mrs. So-and-so, that is so good to hear. I'm going to share that with the staff. Would you mind taking just two or three minutes and sharing that and either let them dictate it to you and you take it down or um, let uh, or let them write it down? The the forms are simple and easy. And if anybody needs one, they're welcome to email me and I can shoot them over the template that we use. You should always have those ready. And if they're comfortable, I think a quick iPhone video is absolutely fine. I had a um, surgeon that I worked with and he was so clever. He, when he had to have a patient come in that had a great experience, he would ask them if they would be willing to do it. He would flip on his iPhone, record like a 60 second video. Usually at the end, they would have a big hug and they would sign the form and it was done. Um, those amateur type videos actually do really, really well on social. They have a very high trust level. Um, so I think those can help. Some more passive strategies that you can do, um, signage around the center, asking for reviews and suggesting specific places. You want to be careful sending like an email asking for reviews. Some of the different platforms, it's against their terms of use. So like for Yelp, you don't want to flat out ask for a review. But I often ask people to follow us on Yelp. And then a lot of times that review naturally happens. You can stick it in your email signature line. You can have a little card that you hand out. Um, and as you probably already know, uh, quantity is is huge with reviews because if you get one negative review and you only have one positive review, then you're at, what, two and a half star. So um, so you want to get a decent number of them up there so that um, you, can, you can kind of play defense on any bad reviews that come in. Um, but basically just picking picking two or three strategies within that review space and committing to it and um, give it give it to a friendly staff member that loves stuff like that and let them really own that process. That's great. I love what you said there at the very end. Give it to a friendly staff member and let them own that process because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how kind you are or how great your service is. If you don't make it a part of your standard process, it's not going to work or it's just going to fall flat after a few weeks. So I just think that's great for our listeners that you need to have a uh, customer feedback strategy in place. And it's not just about getting reviews. I know I know. with my experience um, with online marketing, it's not just about getting reviews. It's really about initiating feedback because yep. let's say you have a situation where the customer had a negative experience, but they're not going to say anything until they walk out the door and get on Google. You want to ask for that feedback up front and say, hey, we want to offer world-class customer service. But if there's anything we did that would prevent you from giving us a five-star review, will you please let us know? We want to do better. Yeah, well, actually, I'm pretty peeved that I called up here three times and I couldn't get through and da-da-da-da-da. Well, all of a sudden, 
you turn that negative feedback after talking and showing that person you care into a positive review. Absolutely. So that's that's something that that uh, we learned is that you know as much as we want a positive review, even more than that, we we just want to initiate feedback and get the conversation going and manage it and then market it. Yes, <clears throat> I totally agree. And and I I would say that if if one patient has that, that experience, there are probably others that have it as well that haven't shared it. So it's an awesome opportunity to improve your patient experience. That's good. So when you come in and you work with these, these different healthcare companies, what's something you see that they just tend to miss over and over and over again that you, it, it's easy for you to see because you're an expert in this space. Um, and you have to come in and say, Hey guys, this is one of the most pivotal things you need to get. Um, so a couple of different things. One is, is looking at marketing again from their view and not putting on their patient hat or their physician hat. So, so really pivoting into their customer's view is one. Um, another would definitely be um, not being consistent, having too many different strategies and not, you know, let's let's pick three strategies and let's do it and let's get metrics and let's see how it's happening and change our strategies as we go um, based on that feedback from the metrics. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and then really just not, not managing that entire reputation across the continuum, um, having platforms out there that may, they may have bad information on, they may have inaccurate information. Um, I find setting up a Google alert is a great way to avoid that one. Um, so yeah, those are some of the ones that I, I'd see pretty often. Okay, so let's talk about that because some, some of our listeners may have never set up a Google alert. What is that and why would you do that? Yeah, so everybody needs a Google alert, whether they're winning an infusion center or not. Um, it's super simple. You literally open a browser and type in Google alert, and it'll it'll give you all the instructions. You are using a string of characters to get an alert anytime anything comes out online about it. So um, for us, obviously, we use we use it for all of our customers. And um, if I was doing it for We Infuse, I would have we infuse is one word. We infuse is two words in quotes. I would have all of the main people's names included in there and they're all separate alerts because if anything ever pops up good or bad about we infuse, I want to know about it first for, um, my, um, for the actual infusion centers. I would also add some strings of words for things that you don't want, like, um, you know, bad experience or um, overpriced or, you know, any, any of those kind of key words that would alert you that something's wrong. I always like to run alerts on those. Um, and then personally, for anybody, you know, I, I always run them on myself. I run them on my kids um, because you always, you just, you want to know what's going on. So if, if nobody hears anything else today, set up a Google alert on your own name and I promise you'll, you'll, you'll be glad you did. That's funny. I bet there's going to be so many people doing that after they listen to this. So then what do you do with it, though? Let's say you set up a Google alert for Infusion Center. And uh, yeah, what, you, what do you do with it? What's the purpose behind that? Yeah, so um, two different purposes. One is identifying anything out there that is just inaccurate about your center, um, like maybe maybe an old location, maybe a provider that has moved on, anything like that. You as you get those alerts and you see that information, you take it and you update it and you claim those profiles and make it all right. Um, secondarily, you my thing is 
I want to be part of the conversation. I don't want to be the conversation. So when, you know, when people are talking about your brand online, you want to know. Um, and if it's positive, then you want to share that. If it's negative, to your point earlier, you want to jump in and find out what happened, see if you can reach resolution with that person, go back and do some training on it, um, and just really use those as an opportunity to know what's going on. In particular, I had one a few years ago where um, there was a, a pretty ugly legal battle going on. And so we started using certain keywords around that so that if anything came up, we would know about it quickly. Um, so Google's a good one. Google won't get you on all the platforms. Um, another one that I do specific for reviews is Yelp. Um, they have an alert system that you can set up. But um, but yeah, really just getting that information in and using it as a way to make sure that your online reputation is is accurate. That's good. Yeah, and I think and so Google mainly pulls from the Google world, right? Website links and stuff like that. It's not going to tell you if somebody mentioned your infusion center in a Facebook group or something like that. But there's there is software out there for that. Yes. For people that want to take it to the next level and you have to pay for it, but there is software out there like that. But I I think that's great. I actually don't have any Google alerts set up. So now you've scared me into uh, setting one up on myself at the very least. Um <laughs> That's really good. So when you when you go to work with a client and they've got a Facebook page up and they've got that person on staff that's excited and wants to get things going and they want to start creating posts for Facebook, mm -hmm. what do you recommend about, you know, is there a mix? Is it mostly video? Is it blog posts that you curate from other websites? Is it what, what how do you coach them on how to have a good... Facebook strategy. The reason I say that is because <clears throat> we all know there's some people and they have Facebook pages and they've got like hundreds of likes and followers and tons of Facebook ra ra ratings and recommendations. And then you've got other Facebook pages and you know, the people, they're good people. They have a good healthcare practice and it's just crickets. I mean, their, their social media is just, it's just dead. Yeah. So um, one is to actually post and be consistent um, if I go look up a brand and they haven't posted since June of 2018, I question whether or not they went out of business or if they don't care. Um, so consistently posting. And even if consistent for your center means once a week, I'd like you to post more often than that, but once a week, you know, is okay. Even once a month, if it's, you know, something that that's the best you can commit to. Um, so as far as what kind of content, videos, do insanely well within the algorithms. They they rank higher. Um, most consumers would prefer to watch a video than to read it um, in like an article. So videos, particularly with captions, um, if you can do that, are good. The other thing is I would make sure to tell stories about people. And we can argue all day long about whether or not this is right. It drives me nuts. But I can write the most beautifully procured blog post about infusions and how to do them right or how to how to, you know, different things about that. And it will get, you know, maybe 10 likes. But if I put a picture up of a patient getting her infusion and her talking about what an amazing nurse John is and what a great experience she had, that will get more, way more traction, hundred times more traction than an educational article. Now, do I think we need educational content on Facebook? Absolutely. By all means, build that in there. But it can't all be educational. A lot of it needs to be about patients, about people, about things in the community. 
um, and pictures are key. I, I find that people are just inherently nosy and they are going to go click on an article about a person before they're going to click on um, something that, you know, they need to read about the rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and then I would also make sure to vary the content to your different audiences. So again, I would think Facebook is mostly patients, but you're going to have physician offices on there sometimes and things like that. So, so sort of having your content strategy that's variable on that. And I would also make sure whoever's doing it is really committed to it and either schedules it all ahead of time, which is one of the beauties of Facebook. That's how we do it. We sit down at the beginning of the month and schedule it all out. Or if they want it to be more on the fly, that it's something that they put on their calendar and every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, they've got time to schedule it um, so that it's on there and that it's consistent. And again, people may say, well, how do I do all that? Well, there's software out there like Hootsuite and there's some now, there's so many others that have come out since Hootsuite came out that make it easy to line up your social media and then schedule it and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I like Facebook's organic scheduling. Um, You know, we build our schedule for the whole year, our basic topics. And then on that first week of the month, we sit down and just crank it out in a a normal Facebook account where we're posting three, four times a day. I can knock it out in one hour because you're just in the mode and you're getting through all of them. So I would definitely encourage that with the one exception that currently with the pandemic going on and some of the social things that we've had going on, I have for the first time in my life had to really pay very closely attention to things that we had pre-scheduled because there were things that we scheduled on a Monday and by Thursday we're now insensitive. So um, just keep an eye on that if you're scheduling far ahead. Yeah, well, it's. I feel like it's hard to walk out the door without offending somebody these days, but it definitely takes good strategy in place for that. Yes. Well, we could we could continue talking about branding and strategy to to tell your story and to engage with people in a special way. We could talk about this for hours, but if you were to distill it all down and wanted to make sure somebody didn't miss the main thing, what's the main thing that you would want to give as a parting piece of advice? Be consistent and have your name out there accurately across multiple platforms and don't, don't let it be something that you're going to get to next week or next month. Um, either hire somebody to do it, empower somebody on your team to do it, or sit down and, and do it yourself and pick three, four, five platforms and and just knock it out. That's good. Be consistent. Be focused. Follow yeah. one course until success. That's how I break down the word focus into an acronym. Yes. Well, there's definitely some people listening to this that are thinking, okay, that all sounds great, but I just want to hire somebody like Amanda. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk with you further about how to do all this stuff? Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to help people officially. I'm also more than happy to just hop on a call with someone and give them ideas um, so that they can do it all internally. Our website is brummittgroup.com, B-R-U-M-M-I-T-T group.com, or our phone number is 214-295-6130. And um, I, I really mean that, that a lot of times we can just hop on a call and I can tell them what they need to do and then their own staff can do it. So I'm glad to help anybody do that. That's so good. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about equipping people and enabling them to achieve their dreams and goals in the infusion center space. So uh, Amanda Brummett with the Brummett Group, thanks for joining the show. Thank you. 
All right. Great interview with Amanda Brummett. I love how she's just she's just so calm and cool and collected. And you can tell she really knows her stuff when it comes to helping healthcare organizations take their branding and their development side to the next level. And I really like what she said about stay consistent. Make sure you have consistency in your posting, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or both. Make sure your message is consistent. Make sure the amount of posting you do is consistent. It's consistency is key when it comes to content marketing with your business. So great stuff there. If you want to learn more about her and contact her, she's available on LinkedIn. We'll put her LinkedIn, uh, her link to her LinkedIn in our show notes here for the podcast. We will also include a link to her website as well if you want to follow up with her. And guys, if this has been helpful to you, please take a minute to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps us get the word out. Okay, guys, this is Dylan McCabe with the We Infuse podcast, and I will catch you in the next episode. 